Hey Harris, welcome back to Jackson Transplants, the Welcome Committee for Transplants. Jacksonians welcome but not necessary. In this episode, I check with El Sheree Dean, founder and editor of the El Sheree Alert from Peoria, Illinois, by way of Tupelo, Mississippi. multi-talented family <laughs> Thank you. so yeah because I was wondering because I was like okay so I knew you were not from here but I was like how does she have her parents out here too so y'all do have ties here so that's how yeah so of course we have family you know everybody has family in Mississippi right so <laughs> so um like both my parents are from originally from Mississippi okay my dad grew up in Oxford Mississippi he actually went to Ole Miss he okay. is not an HBCU product unfortunately we won't hold that against um, him yeah I don't <laughs> hold it against him and my crazy little sister followed in his footsteps but it's okay <laughs> um, and then my mom she's from a small town called Boonville Mississippi in northeast Jack uh, northeast Mississippi which is like really close to Tupelo okay and so um it's funny how they met, but they ended up meeting when my dad was running a uh, the television station, uh, which, which is it's a news television station in um, Tupelo. I can't remember the name of it. Okay. But he was uh, one of the producers for the news station, and my mom was on the show that day singing. Oh, and, and she sings? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. My mom is actually a charter member of the Mississippi Mass Choir. What does your mom not do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because the lady can cook. She can sew. I mean, this whole mass thing didn't start just because of the pandemic. Like, she's been sewing all my life. It was clothes that we wanted when we were younger. And it may have been too expensive at the time, you know, with three kids in the home and all that. 
and they were pretty young parents. And my mom was like, shoot, I can make that. So she would go get the fabric and make it. So And she you know, does she marketing. Yeah, she's a marketing consultant. She has her own business, um, AD Marketing Consulting. So it's it's really uh, amazing to come. And honestly, that's probably where I get all my stuff from, just being around them. Yeah. Um, and with my dad, he being in radio and television and serving on National Public Radio Board, that was part of the reason of us moving around a lot. Like, a lot of people thought we were Army brats, and I'm like, no, we're NPR brats. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, no, we're jazz and classical music kids, and, and we hated it growing up. It was so funny. Like, we would make up stuff to not have to get on the bus, because especially when it rained, bus smell like corn chips when it rained. I don't know if anybody <laughs> has realized that, but it really stinks. So we didn't want to get on the bus, especially when it was raining. So we would fake hide our IDs or whatever just to get That's a ride hilarious. with dad or mom. And of course, we want to hear our own music. We want to listen to hip hop or whatever, 99 jams or something like that. But nope, we can't do that when we in the car dad. We got to listen to NPR. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. So back But honestly, a lot of the things that they have been involved in and has influenced all of us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and more in particular, me, when I transferred to Jackson State, that was like spring 2004. I was um, a student at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, which is a predominantly white university, private university um and I, I love that I love be you go be you um but it was a different experience I was more and you probably would not believe this but I was not outspoken at all I was very shy I don't kind of and <laughs> um more or less behind the scenes okay like I participated in everything but it was like I didn't want my name out there yeah I didn't want to be out front it was kind of a small, small, not really, not that I wasn't confident, but I don't think I was all the way confident okay. in myself and didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I went to school for computer science. I thought I was going to be building video games and stuff. Oh. I had no idea what I wanted to do besides that. You finished in business school, right? Yeah, I, I, I finished business administration, and yeah. that was actually funny. Because when I graduated, or during my tenure at Jackson State, it, excuse me, the Jackson State University, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just immediately got involved with so yeah. much stuff. I was going to say, I remember from seeing you a lot on the yard, because we were there at the same time. So, like, yeah. I don't think I met you until after we after. finished undergrad, but uh-huh. I definitely remember always seeing your face around. Because I was everywhere for absolutely no reason at all. <laughs> I think I was just trying to connect to the culture at Jackson State because I was honestly disconnected. I went to a predominantly white university and everything was different. Jackson State was totally different yeah. from going to Bradley. And not in a bad way at all. It was just a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just talking about this the other day when... Um, I was on campus. I think it was like my first week, maybe second week of school. And I was used to going at Bradley. We would wear sweatshirts, t-shirts, and jeans, you know, sweatpants or whatever, and some sneakers and go to class. And I have stupid curly hair. 
And a lot of times my hair will be balled up in a ponytail, mostly like y'all see it now. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be up in a ponytail. Nothing special. I probably wouldn't even put makeup on or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, you know, gloss or something. But I wasn't dressing up. When I got to Jackson State, I was like, wow, what's happening here? Yeah. Was like, dressed to the nines they like ready to go somewhere. yeah I, is going on on campus i definitely I remember putting out well like getting my outfits together on the weekend for the week i kept a calendar oh of why i wore so i wouldn't repeat in the same month uh-uh. i was definitely no, wearing heels back then i didn't start wearing sneakers i i eventually started including sneakers but i've never been big on sneakers really ever but I definitely was strutting down uh, the plaza with like four inch boots on. <laughs> so I was def- I was not accustomed to wearing like jeans and stuff like that because I came from all my schools had like a really strict uniform policy. So I guess that kind of came over in why I wore because I like dresses and skirts and stuff. So I eventually like incorporate like flats and jeans and sneakers, but n- not much really. So, yeah, but I was definitely one of those people who was wearing that and wearing a bit of makeup and stuff. So, yeah. I probably look like I was 10 years old walking around campus. In fact, somebody did ask me that I lose my parents because I came <laughs> uh, with one of the uh, groups, the high school groups. And I was like, no, I'm like a whole student here. Yeah. <laughs> I have a whole ID. But I really did. I mean, I look like I was like. 15 years old on campus. Yeah, Especially I mean, to me, you still look makeup. like that. That's messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say not much has changed. <laughs> Good thing, I guess. It is. But it was crazy. So like, um, I'll never forget stopping. I just said, you know what? I just got to. And I was, like I said, I kept to myself. I honestly, look, my schedule, I would go to class. And in between my classes, I'll go to my daddy's office in the tower mm-hmm. or I would go sit in the student unit. Yeah. I didn't hate because I was just like I don't even know where to start. Yeah. There were several different groups of type group of people at Bradley that I could like okay well I can hang with this group because they do this or I can kind of go with this group today because they're doing this. It was it was a little harder for me to figure out where I fit in uh, and because I knew I was slightly different I was like, I knew I was black, but I didn't know I was black. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. It was it was really a weird situation. So, um, but I loved every bit of it. I was just so geeked about it. So I knew, yeah, I asked the lady. We walked down this class, and I just stopped up there. I was like, look, what's going on on campus? Because y'all look really nice. I said, you know, I'm not trying to holler at you or anything, but y'all look nice. Everybody got shoot, you know, heels on and cute outfits. Is something going on on campus? And I'm like, I'm not getting the information. I'm not seeing the players. Like, what's going on? And the girl bust out laughing. I don't know who that girl is to this day. She started laughing at me. And she's like, baby, you must be new. And I was like, I mean, yeah, I just transferred. Where you come from? Hello, I'm from Illinois. You know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going on. And then they finally started telling me I'll end up hooking up with, um, once I transferred from, uh, I transferred my, my major to uh, business administration. Because uh, when I started Jackson State, I was in healthcare and I was like, oh, I can't do this. <laughs> I, 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 I can't do this. And then the fact that my classes were at the, um, 
medical mall, and I was like, this is not even. Yeah, that's kind of whack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. I feel so disconnected. I can't do this. this yeah. Right. I couldn't do it. And then the fact that I had to drive way out there. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. It ain't that serious. I'm, you know what? I don't even. I'd be messing up somebody's blood work anyway. Let me go ahead and transfer and go to business. So that's what I did. And when I got into the College of Business, these fabulous College <laughs> of Business, that's when I think I started blossoming. Yeah. Um, I met people like Robin Breland Kennebu. Um, yes. Hey, Rob. <laughs> Um, they girl crazy. I also, um, you know, got really close to Brian Easley, which is one of my best friends, and Thad, uh, Thad Reed, and who else? Like, there's so many different people that I stay in contact with now, and, um, from that, I, I don't know, I kind of found my footing at, on campus. I started realizing who I was, and, and realizing my own talent yeah I didn't know what I was going to do exactly so I just chose business administration because I was like well you can't get more general than this yeah what? so I just went with it and um my dad talked me into doing work study and I was like what I need work study for yeah you know it's <laughs> like that you make your own money so you style my body yeah you know? so, yeah <laughs> yeah because I was gonna ask you you know um I feel like the people from business school that you guys were entrepreneurs before, like anybody was even seriously thinking about it because you had a, to me, you had a, a well-established brand when I first met you and I was back in my early days when I was like blogging and I was like selling, I had my little online nail polish store. So like how, yes, I remember that. yeah. So like, how did you even like, what do you do? But tell us like, how did you even come up? Uh, with your concept because yours was like and I'll let you explain but like you fused to me like blogging but like marketing and branding but yeah so tell me exactly what you did because I didn't know what I wanted to do so honestly this is how this happened okay I love talking about how the Israel started with the actually kind of funny to me um when I got to Jackson State I started meeting people when I started blossoming, as I was saying earlier, like going out, meeting people, going to different events. Some people were just like, oh, I'm only going to go to this event because I know this person. Yeah. You know, folks would only go to certain people's events because they knew who they were. They wouldn't go and just try to explore, get to know, or even network with each other. And I found that really strange. And people were like, you're like such a big social butterfly. And I'm, they're like, how do you know all these people already? You just started going to school here. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I just started talking. Because <laughs> I can do that very well. So I just started talking and meeting people and seeing what they're doing. Folks would invite me out to different events and wine tastings. And I would help my mom with her golf tournaments and help my dad with uh, whatever he needed done. And then I did work study at the radio station. So I just started meeting all these different people who actually were literally scattered all over the, the campus. Mm-hmm. And had different um, majors and stuff like that. And once I got to know all these different people, I was like, oh, so you do such and such. Well, do you know old girl over here? Because she does this and that will probably help you. Y'all both get together. Mm-hmm. And people would look at me like, I mean, why would I work with them? I don't know them. 
Okay, so have you heard of this thing called networking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was, I didn't understand why people were right there in the same space and weren't collaborating together to make something really big and awesome happen. Like, it's you have the parts to the car, but you're missing a wheel. But you know this person over here got the wheel, but you just refuse to go over there because you don't know who they are. Yeah. So it was like, get to know the people, network, you know, if, if it turns out they're not doing what they need to do or they're not trustworthy or whatever, then move on to the next. But right. you got to make yourself open and available to opportunity. And so, um, you know, just out, I've made a name, I guess, for myself even before I graduated, just doing that. Yeah. Networking. When I was, um, president of American Marketing Association at Jackson State, um, that was my whole platform, was getting people to network and showing them how to make money for the organization without begging folks for money as far as, uh, not necessarily begging, but like do it in a professional way. Right. Professional begging. (laughs) You know, put together your sponsorship packages. I show people how to do that, how to put an event together and get all your stuff for free. You know, it was it was a lot of things that people didn't know, but these were things that I've learned from watching my parents mm-hmm. and their professions, and when they put on events and going to wine tastings and doing stuff, uh, uh, paying attention to my dad and how they put events together for National Public Radio. Being around all this stuff, I hated when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It came second nature to me when it came down to, oh, we need ten thousand dollars to go to this conference. How are we going to do this? And people say, let's sell some donuts. Are y'all crazy? <laughs> I'm not going to sell no donuts. You know what? Even right now, and, uh, you know, no disrespect to anybody, but um, and what they do for a living or how they make their money, but uh, for all the people who are trying to get me to sell Prime America, like, I don't like selling stuff. (laughs) I do not like, especially if you do things in the typical manner. So that's usually more annoying than anything to like the masses. But uh, it just made me think of that. But yeah, I definitely, we were definitely like bake sale type people. So yeah, I always, and even right now, I'm always looking for innovative ways to like raise money besides you know, grants and stuff like that. But right, yeah, right. that is a very good skill, particularly since you had it so early on. Because even right now, a lot of us still struggle with networking. Usually my my thing is to say, F it, I have to do this for two hours and then I'm out. So <laughs> I pretend and do what's necessary. And for us, <clears throat> particularly for my husband, we have gotten majority of our work i will say probably like 95 percent of our work from networking and word of mouth so i can't like for us like the architecture and stuff like that we have never spent money on like marketing or ads or anything it's just simply going to networking events saying hey i don't know what you do i don't know what you need but you may need an architect one day and then these people call us right. or they refer us well, to somebody else. Available. Just right. Available. Like my mom, for instance, I'm, I'm going to go back to what I was saying, but my mom with these masks. So when she delivers or ships these masks, because by the way, this, this ain't no just, you know, people in the neighborhood ordering. She has people in California, I bet. Illinois, of course, um, I think Texas, Alabama, Florida, 
Georgia. People are calling literally from all over the country for these little masks, mm-hmm. right? So my mom, smart enough, being the marketing genius that she is, she has her uh, marketing consultant business card <laughs> with all the stuff that she provides. Oh, yeah. And the package. Yeah. So when they get that, when they get their mask, they're also getting a little card with her information and what she does and a thank you note on it. Yeah. So when people, I mean, it's just another simple way because you never know. And she's met, oh God, I don't even know how many thousands of masks we've made. Oh like, yeah, I, I can. It's been a lot. Yeah, I can only imagine. I've been hearing about people who are, you know, like great at sewing and them transitioning to, you know, making masks, and they are really like making money. Cause I yeah. know the masks we bought, like for our family. Um, I don't know, I forgot who we got them from, but like he was charging like ten dollars a piece plus shipping and handling. And of course, everyone needs a mask. They need multiple masks. So, you know, like, it's really, like, if you can, it's, you know, it's in high demand. I, I foresee it being in demand for a while anyway, you it's, know. It's going to be in demand for a while. And um, just jumping real quick, that uh, being in the aviation industry, I'm pretty sure that's going to change uh, the way we travel. Right. Uh, when it comes to aviation, um, I know some airlines, it, I think it came out today on CNN or something where some airlines are already making it a mandate for their flight attendants to wear them. So it's just, things are going to change. This pandemic is going to change a lot of right. things. Just as 9-11 and any other major crises is going to change the way we see life as norm. So now this, I mean, honestly, what we're doing right now is a new norm. Companies are going to start uh, looking at okay, what positions do we actually need in the office? And right. What positions can we keep or remain have them at home? Because that's going to cut down overhead costs. And all right. That. So, um, but yeah, so it's just you have to be able to look at every situation as an opportunity, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I did at Jackson State. I looked at every situation is an opportunity when we were trying to get to new orleans for um the conference and people were like let's sell some hearts for valentine's day who the heck want a heart this is not high <laughs> i'm sorry this is not high school we are business students yeah we should be coming up with some actual business plans in order to make this money yeah. so one of the things that i did that i was very excited about was i met with um the president at the time ronald mason jr and was like i miss I ronald to get with my people because i heard you found a writer put out a book and yeah like yeah i'm putting out a book okay well then you should allow your marketing students and mind you i'm not a marketing student, yeah <laughs> you should you should allow your marketing students to put together a business plan a marketing plan for you and to get them in the stores yeah and if we can meet certain criteria of this plan you front us the money to go oh wow so we met with his folks in in the huge conference room in the president's suite and he had drinks and sandwiches and stuff i had my flexing um, i had my cabinet with me and i had them all dressed up and i bought everybody um those portfolios, the Jackson State portfolios, because mm-hmm. I want everybody to look like they were stepping into the office. Right. So, you know, we were all in our businesses and stuff. We pitched everything. He said, this is good. We shook hands on it. 
I had him sign a letter saying he was going to do it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I learned, I'm telling you, I learned a lot yeah. from my parents. And so I've used everything that I think I've basically ever learned up to that point right. for that pitch. And I even coached my cabinet on what we were going to say and yeah. how we were going to handle it. At the end, we ended up doing what we needed to do. The marketing students came up with a huge plan. It was a big project that was kind of added to the syllabus, syllabus or whatever. And so um, once that got completed and his book was actually put in stores, we got the check. Oh, wow. So I'm like, but what the messed up part was, I mean, you know, some folks were about to that was that's kind of foul because you didn't have to do no work. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a marketing major, so it was yeah. my courses to do it. <laughs> but I was the president of, a, of American Marketing Association. Right. But the whole thing was to kind of help them understand, like, look, there's another way we can go about doing this, yeah. this our way, or we can do this the easy way. This is a way for us to learn right. and be a part of something real. And, and put on your resume. Exactly. That's what I wanted because I'm sitting here like I can read a book all day long. Yeah. I need to have my hands on something that's going to actually teach me. Right. So from there, um, just doing all of that stuff at Jackson State, um, and it was so much more that I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was kind of a rebel. Well, but it was so much more that I did, but it, it helped me lead up to the El Shirealer. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to also say, I liked your parties as well looking back I probably didn't take advantage like I was supposed to I don't think I ventured out networking not even then even though I think you tried to force us to but (laughs) (laughs) but even like even back then like I just feel like it was you know like I said it was so innovative now that I think about it you know so thank you yeah it was just something fun and y'all I I have some other things that is that are going to come out in the future Mm -hmm. i wanted to uh launch it this year but with the pandemic and luckily i hadn't said anything but with the pandemic i was like okay i can push this to 2021 yeah to make it better you know so um i've been kind of silent i Mm -hmm. guess a little dormant um kind of taking a back seat for a while i've been i put stuff out every now and then yeah and like it was before um due to you know the the pregnancy was a lot and the births was a lot um postpartum depression is real yes Um, it is so it was just a lot that i was going through and it's i know my baby is now four years old but i'm just now kind of getting back on my feet and i know they kind of Sounds crazy, but like, I'm sure there's a podcast with a whole other day. Listen, but, um, <laughs> look, I understand. Like, my child is just too. Sorry for the people who don't have kids, but you're gonna have to listen anyway. But like, my child is just two, and like, I thought, you know, I'm in school, so I thought, man, I could be wrapping up this dissertation while I was pregnant. But it was a challenging um, pregnancy. Also, I will say, when I got knocked up, that made me kind of. I feel like I had a blank slate. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I feel like I had a blank slate, so all of the goals and desires I had completely went out the window. So that's been a challenging part, too, because a lot of people I had a friend talk today. She's like, I'm glad you're still, um, you decided to get back in school. I was like, girl, I never was out of school. I've been paying tuition 
every semester because I have to stay enrolled if I want to finish. But anyway, but um, it made it harder to work to wrap up school just because, like I said, all of my goals and desires change. And now I have a kid on top of that. And it's hard to work on these things where I have to also, I want to be attentive to her. So it's interesting where, you know, I was, first of all, I didn't even want any children. But when I had my child, it was funny how I was such an ambitious person. As soon as I had her, I was like, I don't care about any of this stuff. Even though I was mostly done with my PhD, I struggled because I didn't care anymore. It's like, I don't care about yeah. this PhD anymore. I don't care to work in government, in politics, or any of that anymore. So that's part of the reason why it's been so hard to finish, even though I'm so close. So it makes sense. And I'm I'm getting there because I'm going to have my proposal defense coming up in a couple of weeks. But... Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm trying to get out of this summer, but it's so funny the things and you you work to make sure things don't change that you try to stay yourself that you don't yeah. become postpartum and all those things happen to you anyway. So for anybody yeah. who's gonna be having children oh soon, <laughs> uh, and it, it doesn't happen to everybody. And, and honestly, with my energetic self, I, I think I was just super energetic, or I always thought I was, because I was doing so much at you one were, time, I yeah. just never thought that it would slow me down as But you know what, it, 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 it might be a good thing, because it helps us recalibrate and tend to things that are a priority. I was on Absolutely. tons of boards, I was in tons of organizations, I had a mm-hmm. full-time job and five side jobs, and it's like, and in school, and doing whatever else I want, so now I'm coming to a place where I'm doing what I want to do. I'm not going to keep signing up for things because I'm worried about my career, signing up for things that people ask me to. Like, I'm getting to a place where I'm trying to zero in. What does Ashley want to do to be happy? Or how can she support her family? And anything that's outside of that spectrum, I'm not doing it. So Absolutely. I will credit her for, for, for getting me to that place because I probably would have never, and I probably would have been unhappy too because I was, going up I guess it was like a false thing I was working towards too so I am gonna finish school just because I've invested so much time and money but yeah. you know and I have utilized my degree in public policy but I don't know what the future holds <laughs> for <laughs> you know I might with this pandemic I might want to hop back in but before I was totally uninterested with a lot of stuff so I don't know we'll see yeah and then you'll find your way to don't yeah, I'm just learning just to be kind to myself. Because, like I said, I mean, not to say that it will take you nearly as long as taking me, but you know, and different things happen in life, and you kind of have to readjust and right. reevaluate and and move from there. But that's life, and so with the El Chiril alert, when actually when that started, it was honest. The El Chiril alert itself was a joke. Um, really? It was not serious. I was being funny. Really? I had so many, because everybody was talking about, well, uh, El Cherie knows what's going on. She already telling people where to go and who she need to contact or who they need to, you know, hook up with or whatever. So I'll never forget. Let's see, El Cherie Alert was kicked off in 12, I think it was, so it was 11. It was um, 2011. Um, uh, homecoming and the week of homecoming you start getting all those hey big head texts yeah. <laughs> and the hey big head texts for me were more like hey girl okay so where are we going this weekend or what's the hot 
parties that we need to go to? Or, you know, do you know of any wine tastings going on? Do you know of any of this going on? Like, what's happening? What events do I need to attend when I come back? So I'm like, what do you think I am? I said, I'm not you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will play you. It was it was crazy because it wasn't just one or two people. I was getting like 10, 15 messages on my Facebook page. I was getting emails on um, my personal email. I was getting uh, somebody. I had a few people email me at work. Oh, wow. And then I had folks leaving text messages and calling me. So I'm like, okay. I said, I know everything. Here's a list of everything I think y'all need to attend. And that's the Elsheree Alert. Mm -hmm. And it literally came out of nowhere. I was just being oh wow! Well, so yeah, let me let me ask you. I remember hearing you talk about this one time, and I'm not sure about your plans for the future. But I know you were talking about the lack of positive news, and that yes. was one of the things that you wanted to deal with. Now, interestingly, uh, I know the the description of this podcast <laughs> doesn't really. Um, make it seem like that but even with me for the most part it's about highlighting the things that are going on in Jackson so just tell me why you felt there was a need for a positive outlet because Jackson gets a bad rep for people who don't know Jackson yeah um I'm not even from Jackson and it's like it's a gold mine to me. It's a blank sheet of paper mm -hmm. where there is unlimited possibility, unlimited opportunities. There is a magnitude of genius that's here that's unreal. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't understand for the longest why people would say there's nothing to do in Jackson. Me. <laughs> there's nobody in Jackson. Mm -hmm. There's no real talent in Jackson. I'm like, are y'all kidding me? Look, I was out every single day. I had a full schedule for school, full schedule for the parties. full And these parties weren't just like me going to random parties. They were me actually going and supporting different organizations, different functions and stuff, just going out and being a part. So before I even graduated Jackson State, there were business owners, there were CEOs and presidents who already knew who I was. Let me let me because let me, I was involved. Let, let me say this one thing. I didn't count on my one hand how many parties I went to in undergrad. I did undergrad all wrong. I think I need to go back. That's why I love Grownish. It's one of my uh, favorite shows just for that reason. But for <laughs> me, I thought coming from New Orleans and having a super active life and coming to a place like Jackson, Mississippi, I'm like, well, this is not like New Orleans. I think I've had, yeah. I think I've lived enough. And for me, I went to class and I went to work and I went home. That was my undergraduate. I can count. On one hand, how many games I went to. I don't like sports anyway. And then, you know, they were full of drunk people to me. And I will always get, be, like, next to the drunkest person who was harassing me the whole time. So, yeah, I did not do undergrad right. I think I kind of made up for it a little bit in grad school, but not quite. But, yeah, I... You know, when people were at the games, I was washing clothes. I was using all the washing machines and all the dryers because everybody was wow. gone and had the laundry mat to myself. So that's what kind of student I And guess what? I did all that to be an average-ass student. I wasn't even an honor student in undergrad. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't an honor student, and honestly, 
grade, and, and you know, this, <laughs> this is crazy. I was an honor student, but I did so much in the community, and I learned so much. Yeah. I was, um, while I was at Jackson State, of course, I was AMAA president. Um, I was part of the C, not the CEO, the, um, the dean's cabinet. Dean Glover was uh, over College of Business. Okay. Uh, so we did stuff with her. Yeah. Uh, but we were exposed to so much mm-hmm. being on that cabinet. She allowed us to see different things and to be a part of different projects and functions. We were invited to different things. Um, but on the other hand, keep in mind, I still got parents who are heavily involved with the community. Right. They're engaged in different organizations and stuff. And so a lot of times uh, when my parents would have invitations to go somewhere, they would ask me, I wanted to come. Yeah. And I would go. And most people are like, I ain't going to wear my parents, no function. I would go. I was going because it was an opportunity for me, for me to meet somebody, what we call old heads, who these folks already got money. They already established. They have they have businesses. They work for major companies. I'm trying to get my name out. I would have went for the free food. And that too. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, this is, I always saw it like that. It's an opportunity for me. So I would go and it, was, it used to be this running joke where, um, I can't, I can't remember his name, but anyway, it's been this one where, like, um, folks would see my parents, or if they saw me, they'd be like, I know your parents ain't too far behind, <laughs> you know, because I was with them all the time, going to all these different functions and stuff, but then I would also go to the parties, I'm probably ashamed to say that I did go to a few at the Palisades, I, but, yeah, you know, it was, all of us, <laughs> a little scary, it's, it's a rite of passage, <laughs> it definitely is, you know, but it was just a lot of time for me to engage with people, to learn people, to learn what who, what talents are out there, what opportunities are out there. And so, like, I was never bored. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand why people were saying they were bored. I'm, and now you tell Breland, uh, I'm sorry, Cannibal, Robin, all the time, you tell her, Rob, what? What do you mean? Robin is a different beast. I don't know what she does for fun because she doesn't want to be out and deal with people anyway. She paints her nails for fun. The girl is crazy. So it's like, but she's, you know, she's an introvert. Yeah. You know, and and I get it. I get it. I'm totally the opposite. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why we friends. Yeah. I don't know why we friends. Cause I'm so opposite. <laughs> I know I'm too much for her. But it's it's really um, interesting. It was very interesting to me that people just didn't connect. Mm-hmm. And I just somehow found myself being the person that connected people. And I enjoyed it. So when it came down to when I put that joke out, you know, me, you know, being a smart but like saying, you know, well, that's the hell's real earth since y'all think I know everything. And immediately, I want to say like that same day or maybe the next day, I got a phone call from a guy I hadn't talked to in probably three, two, three years. Didn't know he was alive. <laughs> and he wasn't even living in Mississippi. And he was like, hey, he don't like people either. So it is funny. Man, people that don't like people are so bad. <laughs> so he was like, hey, it's Ree. I was like, oh my God, hi, how you doing? You know, I'm going to my whole bubbly, happy. And he's like, okay, I'm good, but none of that, none of that, none of that. Look, I just called you to ask you 
what exactly is Dale's Realerts? Do you have a website? Yeah. And I was like, no. And he was like, okay, well, then I'll make you a website. I said, well, huh? It was a joke. I was just playing. And he was like, did you check your Facebook? So I'll go back on my Facebook, and there are people commenting on that same post saying, oh, my God, the Elsewhere are just dope. You should totally do that. Yeah. Did you do that already? Do you have a website? Oh, my God. That's so cool. Congratulations. Why are y'all congratulating me? <laughs> so it was really weird because I guess opening my big mouth kind of started something. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the call from somebody I ain't talked to in two years, hadn't seen him in two years, and he's like, I'm going to create you a website. I'm like, okay, cool. So he creates the website. Or while he's creating it, he's like, what's going on here? I don't know. I have a clue. <laughs> I had a dream. And then, it, I mean, it's really crazy. I had a dream that I was on red carpets interviewing people. Um, I was in front of uh, I guess doing like a TEDx type thing. I was mm-hmm. doing all kinds of just speaking and using the El Sharia Alert. And it was crazy because the whole thing I kept hearing was positive media, positive news, yeah. positive lifestyle. Everything was positive. And somebody pricked that when they were like, you were always so bubbly and positive. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, Lord, I get it. So I, I went with that. Yeah, because at the time, you know, and even now, you, all you would hear about Jackson in particular is, you know, somebody got shot. I mean, I used to have this thing with my parents. My parents were like, well, I got to get home, so we watch the news. But what? We already know it's going to happen. Somebody got shot. They found a body. The pipes burst again. Yeah. Um, I mean, so what you watching this for? We already know it's going to happen. Frank Melton, I'm busting somebody house. You know, <laughs> oh, weren't, weren't those the good <laughs> days when Frank was around, like, raising hell around Jackson? I love Frank. <laughs> he tickled me I, I will say, I, you know, I am not from here, but I will say when I started first working for the city and he was mayor, he was so nice. I know yeah, very nice. he was crazy. I know he was doing, uh, well, there's rumors of other things he were, he was into. Yeah, but I yeah. will say, as an employee, I remember him calling. I was like an intern at the time. He was like, hey, this is Frank. Can I speak to your boss? And he would be going around, you know, he would go around, like, to the different floors and speak to city employees. I remember when we have, like, picnics, and he would pay for it. It wasn't one of those, y'all are broke employees pitching so we can have this party. He's like, no, we're gonna do this, and I'm gonna pay for all the food. That's the only mayor I know of. I know of him trying to, like, get people raises and stuff. I don't know anything else about his business, but I know, like, as an entry point, he was a cool mayor. That's all I'm gonna say. Like I said, once again, that's all I mean. I used to see him a lot, you know, I also worked behind the scenes. I did uh, marketing with Jay Lee Productions. Okay. Uh, shout out to Jay Lee. What is he he's doing? Because he is living it up in Dubai, right? Because I was about to like, say, who gets to do stuff like that? I saw his know? social media post, and I'm like, okay, so he's traveling now, and I hadn't like seen it, like seen uh, stuff for a while on him. I'm not sure how I yeah, came across yeah. his Instagram, but yeah. Yeah, he he'll put something out every blue moon, but he's he's in Dubai right now. Um, I don't know if there's gonna be a reunion time coming up. Yeah, <laughs> but we were with him for a long time, and um, you know, also 
met, networked with some folks um, through meeting Kim. Mm-hmm. Cause, and how we met, it was on Jackson State campus. Yeah. We just run up, seeing a dude with a red sweater and some cake shorts, giving away strawberries. And I'm like, you don't see this every day. <laughs> What's going on? Let me go holler at this person. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we met. But um, when the El Chirita alert came about, you know, I was just thinking, you know, let's do, let's focus on positive media. There's enough negativity going out there. And then I'll never forget uh, watching Basketball Wives or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta get your, you gotta get your, you know, crazy. You media. need balance. You need balance. You need that for your balance, right? <laughs> so I was getting my junk food TV for the day. And um, I think, I can't remember who said it. Somebody, you're a non-factor. Uh, and Evelyn. Yeah, all that. So I was like, this is exactly why we need the Dutch Realer. <laughs> we need to realize that they are relevant. Right? Yeah. So this thing, like when I had that dream, um, what I was hearing in my head, like before, like when I was waking up, it was like, you don't have to be famous to be relevant. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, you used to say that a lot, huh? Yes, so that became like my tagline, my mantra for the Ezra Realer. Like, you don't have to be famous to be relevant. I like that. Because the whole thing is everybody is irrelevant. We are on this earth for a reason. Yeah. We all have a purpose. Therefore, we are relevant. And I wanted to, I was like, what do I do with that? Yeah. How do I tie in positive media? And I was like, okay, well, my my whole thing is not to be a messy type blogger. I didn't want to be, you know, no disrespect to know anybody else that does that. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. I, I don't get any kind of joy bashing people or, um, I guess, wanting to increase ratings or views or likes and stuff, you know, on, on the back of somebody else. I yeah. didn't want to do that. So what I wanted to do was to highlight people. And part of that was highlighting these creative, amazing, brilliant, wonderful people right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, and so um, that's kind of how it started. The crazy thing about it is, not only did I start interviewing and highlighting, putting up stories about, and and that's the other thing. I don't really call myself a blogger. I call myself a storyteller. Okay, because I like what that. I do is I interview people. I get I get deep into their life and I pull it all out over and try to write the coolest, most in depth, touching, heartfelt story I can. Okay. So that's kind of what I, I, I go by. But, um, and it's to influence and, and, and um, empower people. Mm-hmm. Because every a lot of people think that things happen overnight. A lot of people True. believe that, um, and what I mean by things, successfulness or you know, successful business happens overnight or you become famous overnight. A lot of times, sometimes that does happen. Other times it does not. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of work. And so... I end up not only interviewing people that I thought was just straight up dope out of Jackson, I end up getting calls from publicists out of Miami and um, New York and LA and saying, Hey, we have, I have some clients I would love for you to interview. Now, how they found me, I don't know. Yeah. But it, it was just coming to me. So before I even launched, I end up interviewing, um, uh, one twelve, the R and B group. Ooh. Now for for all you young children, <laughs> go Google. Okay. <laughs> now they to me are underrated. I love me some one twelve. Yes. They were one of my favorite groups when I was at Bradley University. Well, 
basically when I was in college. If y'all don't know or remember anything about MySpace, I had a MySpace page. Uh, and my wallpaper was customized. I had a photographer in Peoria take a picture of a peach that was driven, and he created my wallpaper. And the background music was 112 singing Peaches and Cream. Which oh, look at that. Look at the theme. Look at the branding back there. I I had a whole branded theme around 112. They were secretly my boyfriend. (laughs) I told people back in the MySpace, the early MySpace days, we were all coding, really. I remember having like a little (laughs) Dior background and like constantly changing my music. It would, I think, towards the end of MySpace, it was so annoying to log in every time I have music playing. So I eventually like took that off. But um, I definitely miss MySpace. (laughs) And if y'all still have MySpace, see if you can find me. I don't even remember my password, but it's Classy Lady (laughs) Five. Well, I think it's been (laughs) rebranded, and last time I checked, it seems like more of a musical thing that's not working. But you know. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was really cool. So y'all, seriously, if I was that geeked about them, then just imagine me hearing from their publicist saying, "Hey, we want you to interview one twelve And I'm Man, like, "Man, that is so cool." Are you for real? I, and so, like the to this day, and honestly, like when I interview, uh, whether they're celebrities or just well-known people or locals, you know, in the area, in the state, or um, throughout the country. It's to talk to them about their major projects, to talk to them about what they're doing to enhance their lives, to enhance their community, to um, further their career, whatever it is, whether they're an entrepreneur or they're in business somewhere. Um, The whole thing is to, again, inspire and empower Mm -hmm. and to remind folks that, hey, you may start one way but your path may lead you into another direction. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when I started out in college, when I started out at Bradley University, I was going to school for uh, computer science. I thought and believed that I was going to be creating the dopest video game. Yeah. That everybody's husbands was going to be sitting around playing <laughs> all day and doing them. I thought that's what I was going to be doing. Um, but honestly, life, again, plays a big part. Experiences plays a big part in what you ultimately decide to do. I believe that even though, you know, my 401k job is in aviation, um, uh, public relations for two airports, in, the two airports in Jackson, mm-hmm. Jackson, Mayor Wiley Evers and Hawkins Field. And while that's great, I think ultimately what I'm doing with the El Sheree Alert or what I am going to be doing with the El Sheree Alert is what my calling is. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times what I've done with that is I've pulled people together and that's what those events were about. Really bringing people together. Yeah. Forcing, yeah. like you said, <laughs> yes. to network <laughs> and to get to know each other. You were like, hey, like y'all need to go to different tape. I mean, it was, it's, and it's funny because, like, we're all around the same age, but it was, like, you talking to kids because we were, like, I remember I would go there with Achilles when me and him were dating. We were be at the table together, and you're, like, uh-uh, y'all got to break this up and go to uh, yeah. different tables and y'all stuff. And talk. <laughs> yeah, you know what each other smell like. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the whole point because I wanted people, and it was crazy because, like, some of these folks, we're in the same communities for 
20 plus years, all their lives or whatever, and they still didn't realize, oh, man, I didn't know you did that. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. How? But you so know I what? I didn't get it. That also speaks to us doing a better job of branding ourselves too. I remember exactly. on Facebook I shared a post from um our architecture firm. Somebody was like, You do this? And I'm like, Yeah, they was like, I've been Facebook friends with you forever. Because for me, I have a lot of Facebook pages. I don't like to spam people very much. So I'm like, you know, every now and then I might put out a quarterly notice like, hey, like these other pages I have, but for the most part, I don't particularly like spamming my Facebook friends. So, but yeah, yeah but that's also like the reason why people don't know really what we're into. Like for me, I'm a cyber stalker. So if I look at your profile and you have other stuff link, I'm gonna look at everything, your website, all your other social media, but everybody doesn't function like that. So yeah, but let me ask you, let's pivot a little bit. I don't know how you're going to answer this question because you've given so much already, but normally I ask if there's advice you have on how people can be in Jackson and kind of like get used to the environment, um, make friends or places to go, things to do. You know, we can't do that right now. So is there anything else you have for people? Because you've given a lot of advice already, but I don't know. Maybe you'll have more for people. Well, you know, when you like I said earlier, when you have crisis, things change. Mm-hmm. People start to adapt, and um, like we, people are very resilient. They'll figure out ways to get around different things. So um, I've talked about my mom, like what she's done to make like a heck of a lot of extra money sewing some masks, <laughs> something she wasn't doing. Well, support goes a long way. Yeah, when people are utilizing this technology. That's one great thing that we have going for us is the technology. You're seeing uh, the day parties. You're seeing DJs get up and perform, and they got their cash app out there. Support them. You're sitting up there dancing, jamming in your hallway, in your living room, your bedroom, wherever, dancing on the kitchen table. You need to support them. Support them and make it even practice as if you're going to the club. Like, get dressed up. Yeah. You know, and throw a few dollars out there to those people. But not just that, it's um, sharing that information too. Yeah. So, if there's a, um, a company or a small business that you know who specializes in marketing and branding and things of that nature, communication just can help you figure out another way to communicate to the community about what it is that you do. If you're so used to the brick and mortar, but you now got to really transfer everything to a online type business. Yeah. Well, you need to connect with the folks that's doing that to help you. Um, and, and vice versa, because that when you circulate those dollars within a small business. Yeah. Yeah. Circulate those dollars. Um, you can support, and, and when I say the technology thing, like, for instance, Instagram, I can't remember when they did this, maybe a week or so ago, they're added, or they have added functions where small businesses can uh, include, where folks can purchase gift cards from them, mm-hmm. from your Instagram page. Oh. You, can, you can pay money in through their fundraiser, and it's like a button on their Instagram now. Oh, look at that. So they can tap that in. So even social media is understanding that, hey, this is an opportunity for us to help our small business community. 
So support them by doing whatever you can. If you want something or need something from them, then, you know, don't bypass it by going to the big man. Go to those small businesses um, who really are the foundations of our 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 economy. economy. Yep. Yep. So um, make sure that you're you're supporting them. Um, Don't just be looking for something for free, you know. Spend your dollars. You're sitting there playing on Amazon anyway. <laughs> you know, get on the social media. Support folks that are having uh, different events. Even if they're doing things like like this podcast. Um, you support them. I don't know if you guys have like a way for people to donate. But I do on my them. SoundCloud. So y'all need to do But you know what? I might need to put my Cash App link in all my stuff. But I do yeah, have it on absolutely. SoundCloud. And y'all need to give me some money, please. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, because this is work. It, I know it is work. It's like you know, this is just you know, two people having a conversation. Well, it's it's more than that. You know, Ashley is on here um, putting. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes when trying to put together a podcast, yep. doing the editing and all of that. Begging somebody, well, not begging, asking somebody to be on the show, yep. making sure that person can get on there, you know, and the person getting on there and pouring out their whole life and all their business, you know. And we had to do a, a test run and everything, so yeah. I know. Because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, but we can, we can definitely support each other um, by continuing to feed into them financially. And not just by finding you buy something from someone, share yeah. it. Yeah. So that someone else can know about the, the quality of their business, the quality of their product, or their, their services that they're offering. Because everybody's having to um, go back to the drawing pages a little bit or step back and say, okay, we're going to have to reevaluate the way we're doing business right now. Right, right. And, and you know, another thing, like, I know that this is a hard time financially, but, like, you know, like, do not sleep on donating a dollar, $5, $10, $25, because that money Absolutely. adds up to people. So if, like, everybody donated, a, like, if you had... I don't know, like a thousand people donate a dollar. Like that is helpful too. So don't discount that. Like if you can, don't be don't beat yourself up if you lost your job. But also if you can, consider that. So yeah, right. And for those of you who may have lost your jobs, you know, I'm I'm not saying this because it's easy, but everybody. When I say everybody has a God given talent or gift, look and see what it is that you can do. Yeah. Figure out a different way to, you know, bring money to the home, bring food put on the table, you know, whatever yeah. you've got to do. Um, this is definitely an opportunity. If you write, get to write. Yeah. If you, I mean, because then you can start doing ebooks. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So there's different ways of um, looking at this situation. You yeah. know, um, just find it. Look back and see what it is that you're good at because everybody has something. Even if it's one thing, you have something that you're good at. If you teach, if you're a teacher, and if for whatever reason, you know, you had some other opportunities where you could do tutoring on the side, but you were used to going to their homes or bringing them into a different location, do it online. Yeah. And, and you know what? Another thing, too, and I know it's challenging for people because sometimes we're in a cycle of work, 
to pay bills, to work, to pay bills, and you don't really have time to think about anything. But this is most definitely that time to pivot and look for something else because you probably hated your job anyway. You might have been underpaid anyway, and you might have hated all your coworkers there. (laughs) So, like, if you can, this is sometimes, you know, some places, you know, there might be a hole, but other places are still hiring or there's jobs that's in demand. Like, they're looking for people because, like you said, if you have to pivot and do something like that's online, like they might need some type of support to accommodate their change in their business structure. So just consider that this is an opportunity for you to explore some other things. Like I've even given thought to like, what do I want to do? Because I can do many things. I have many talents, but I'm like, what do I want to do to be happy, but also earn a sufficient amount of money? So like, we might not have that time to ever think about that in our lifetimes, so that's one good thing, if you can, you know, to come out of it. I know some people are still working very hard and working from home yeah. and trying to balance a kid like we are. But if you do have some time, instead of binging TV, I mean, I'm not trying to judge you. You can do what you want with your time. But this is some time to think about what's next for me once we come out of this, you know. Yeah, and it's all about balance, too. Yeah. But for me, I still have my 401k, yeah. gratefully. And so I am working eight to five, you know, I'm, I'm at home, I got my laptop working or whatever, taking calls, um, going on conference calls, whatever. So I'm handling that. But as soon as I get off, like I'm also helping my mom with her mask. I'm helping her with that. I'm helping um, at, at the same time simultaneously. Yeah. I have a full blown schedule for my daughter. She has scheduled nap time. That's, that's, a, that's a key. Listen. That's at least two hours. I, I, I need to learn how you do a schedule. Because it allows me to think and get some other yeah, things Yeah, yeah. Once I get all of that while she's asleep, I can work on the Elsheree alert. Because um, when I tell you I have come up with so many ideas, and, like, one of them I just started just literally out the blue. I was actually forced to do this. But I started um, something called the Sunday Special, or every Sunday at 3 p.m. I see. I'm doing a live Instagram interview with somebody dope. Yeah. And so that's, like, really, really fun. And, y'all, I, I know this probably sounds crazy, but I am very uncomfortable in front of a camera. Me too. Um, that's why I have a podcast. radio. And I know how to turn on my absolute sexy voice when I need to. And, you know, but I the camera thing scares me a little bit. Yeah, so. I, I, I don't like camera at all. I barely like podcasts, to be honest. Every time I'm like, really? do, I do not really like this like that. Every time I'm like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to do this anymore. Somebody's like, oh, my God, I love your podcast. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll keep going for like a month or two. But, yeah, I'm, I'm oh, primarily, God. I'm a writer. So that's what I like best. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm more comfortable writing, believe it or not. I can talk all day long, but I'm more comfortable writing. Um, The camera scares me, but I I did get forced into doing a live interview with a good friend of mine and co-worker, actually. She is Miss Mississippi MMBA, and she also recently found out she had breast cancer and overcame that like very quickly. She went oh, straight wow. in for the uh, surgery, had a breast removed. So we talked about all this stuff yeah. a lot. This is what she wanted to do during that time that, uh, which, cause you know, I can't just put something out and just say, I'm just doing a lot. Yeah. So of course, you know, and 
perfect L Tree fashion. I had to come up with something. And so the, the thing that came to mind was the Sunday special because I wanted to make this more like a special treat to get to know briefly a couple of people or people who are out here that you may not normally get a chance to meet yeah and hear their story again it's inspiring and empowering yeah um so i just did my second one with brian easley and i'm excited on sunday i get to chat with the smart chick miss andrea yeah you know she did my logo for the podcast did she really yes yep of course she did she's phenomenal yeah and it's like when i was coming up with the flyer or whatever to post i was like she's just so animated and yeah. so colorful and vibrant so this has to be vibrant too and yeah so like, like that was the first thing that came to my mind so I'm, I'm glad she loved it and you know i think people are enjoying you know the sunday special um but it's, it's just different. It's, a, it's slightly different because people aren't used to me doing a bunch of lives. Yeah, yeah. Well, whenever you do it, if you can remember, tag me in it so I can share it too. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. so we're coming to the end. You do a lot of okay. things. Where can yeah. everyone keep abreast of everything that you're into? Oh, yes, because I want y'all to stay connected to me. Yeah. Art, please connect with me and let me know who you are and what you got going on and what you do because I have some really cool things that are coming up possibly the end of the year most definitely 2021 um, just to throw it out there I am working on a conference so oh look at that all right now but I am working on a big conference and I'm very very excited about that um and there's also some other things that I'm going to be doing when uh, the Rona decides to vacate. Yes. I am um, looking at bringing back TLSA Net Social. Yeah. Uh, but again, a lot of people ask me about that. So I am working to bring back TLSA Net Social. And somebody, a few people did ask about some wine tasting. <laughs> so I'll incorporate that some kind of way. Yeah. But I will be doing it. So what you can do because i am on facebook twitter instagram linkedin i will be soon putting together an actual i have youtube but i'm just gonna be real ain't nothing on it um i'm i'm going to actually put that channel together yeah it's gonna actually be a real good channel so i'm working on that but you can follow me at the t-h-e el sheree alert okay and that's on facebook twitter linkedin on LinkedIn, it's just El Sheree Alert. Um, but on everything else, it's the El Sheree Alert. Okay. And I look for, again, seriously, like inbox me. Email me at the El Sheree Alert at gmail.com. Um, uh, I may even bring back the indie music challenges. I know I've had several people ask me about that. And real quick, just note, like, I'm serious about that music stuff, and I'm good at picking music. I'm not gonna sing for you. <laughs> I have a lot of people that have won my challenges are like actually famous right now. Oh wow! One of them is uh, and I, and they, not to say they weren't anybody before, but they weren't at the level. They weren't signed. Yeah, these were indie artists. Um, they were out there hustling, pushing their music. Um, just like some some of you may be doing and found um, found out that I was doing music challenges, sent in their music, 
They got chosen. I did an article on them. One of them is Dave East. I don't know if you know who those people, who that person is, but he's an artist um, out of New York. He's mm. very close to Nipsey. Um, I didn't even know that until after uh, Nipsey passed away. But, yeah. um, it was just crazy. But he was one of the artists, one of my first artists that was chosen that I did a huge uh, article on. Now he's like stupid famous. Oh, then wow. there's Sir the Baptist. I don't know if y'all know Yeah, the, he is. is he's like the gospel singer, right? Yeah, Sir the Baptist, like, we tight. Is he gospel or is he like both? <sighs> That's a whole other thing. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out. But he, he is gospel. Um, but he's more, I, I call it a new age gospel. Yeah, like a contemporary type situation. Life. He has his own yeah. variation of gospel music. He does not like the same of the same. He has animation to it and everything. Like he's he's a wild card gospel yeah. artist. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get, but I love his music. Um, but I was introduced to him by somebody else I interviewed. Oh, wow. He's out of Chicago, Illinois. I ended up hanging out with him in the studio oh. and meeting another young guy who in, is in music and now is an A&R for Sony Records. Oh, wow. Who actually worked on Dear Silas's, uh last album, Cherry Blossom. Well, shit. I see, them, I see them in a picture together like, wait, how y'all know each other? They're well, like, how you know him? I'm like, oh, I know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, should I ever... Crazy want to uh explore being a, a bounce artist i'll make sure i submit my music to you <laughs> I totally see that. Like, some people really feel like you know oh you're not gonna do anything with it when i say if i like your music if i hear something and i love it i'm putting it out there and i push it i've been doing that for people i did that with um with e i did that with silas uh, with, of course, Star of the Baptist, Dave East, and the uh, list goes on and on. And these people are doing very well right now. Yeah. Uh, not to say that I'm the, I'm the founding person for that. It's just I, when I hear or see something that's great, I run with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, supporting those artists, supporting the people in your community that's doing some dope stuff. Yeah. Just, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing what can come of it. And so that's why I get so excited about the people, especially from Jackson, who are doing well. Even though this is not my hometown, yeah. I've been here long enough to pretty much call Jackson my home. But it's an opportunity for us to support the growth and the amazingness that is Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Well, this was really good. I don't know why I didn't why i waited so long to ask you i should have asked you like ages ago but i'm glad you were able to do it (laughs) well as far as the haters i will talk to you guys next week bye